it, it's a real privilege, obviously, to be with you. And I, I just wanted to share a few thoughts. Tonight, Vince asked me just to, to bring a message, and I just wanted to bring a message around worship, and particularly uh, the idea that worship can tear down the walls. And I think that can be applicable for a few moments for us to consider that, particularly in this season that we're in right now. So I'd love to read some scripture just to get us going, and then maybe I'll pray for my benefit and then, uh, then get us into this. So Joshua, I want to read from Joshua, obviously that famous passage Joshua I'm going to read from chapter 6 verses 1 to 5 and then uh, from verse 12 to 20 so now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites no one went in and no no one went out no one came in it was locked down and then the Lord said to Joshua see I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men March around the city once with all the armed men and do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound the long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout and then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. It's interesting just reading this um, you know, this time for a message, for this, for this message that uh, I, I prepared, you know, God told them what was going to happen, that the walls would come down. Then verses, just jumping over to verse 12 to 20, if I can read those. Verse 12 says, Joshua got up early the next morning and the priest took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak, marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled this city seven times, the seventh time around. When the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given to you this city. The city and all its inhabitants are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared because she hid the spies we sent. Keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and the iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into the treasury. Verse 20, when the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, and when the men gave a shout, the walls collapsed, so everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. Let's just pray for a moment. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that we can gather even digitally around your word, and I thank you that your word is not contained. And I pray that right now for every person watching and listening, Father, that you will speak to each and every one of us. You know all of us. You know our needs. You know our, the place where we are right now. And so, Holy Spirit, do what only you can do and bring your word into our hearts in Jesus' name. And everybody muted said, Amen. Amen. Um, in 1921, uh, Chequers, uh, which is the country residence of our prime minister, was given to our country, um, actually by uh, some wealthy people living in Norfolk. And there was an act of parliament that went along with this gift and 
set out the use of the estate. And it said this, there's a quote in that act that says, the better the health of our rulers, the more sanely they will rule. This message today around worship and around the walls of Jericho, I think is for this purpose, so that we will be healthy people. Because the better our health, the more sanely that we will rule. It's a message, I think, to bring us through this moment and to bring us through together as the church, this time that we're living in. A message, I guess, to position us for greater influence. The better our health, the more help we'll be able to give to those around us. And that's always been the role of the church, hasn't it? To be healthy within ourselves and then to be salt and light within the world. I also think that we've got to consider that there's some walls that need to be torn down right now. You know, we're not just coming through this moment, but we're actually picking something up and gathering it and taking it into our future. I believe for me and for people I know, and I'm sure it's true for you, that this season has revealed some walls, some obstacles. Maybe it's revealed some fears, some needs, some difficulties that are faced by people. I think also we're anticipating that to continue for some time yet. But the truth is that whilst we've been in lockdown, you can't lock down the Holy Spirit and you can't lock down the church. And whatever walls have been erected or whatever walls and obstacles have been revealed, I believe that they must fall. And when they fall, we'll be better placed to live personally and in our families and in our churches and we'll be better placed to help others. And so the title, I guess, of this few minutes together for me tonight is this, Worship Will Tear Down the Walls. We read in these verses how for six days they were to march around the walls once in silence. But we're really going to focus in a moment on day seven. Because after marching around for those six days just once, on day seven, they were to march around seven times. And this was the moment of truth. It was the moment of great tension. It was the moment of many questions. And just like the moment we live in, I believe those Israelites had a whole load of questions. I don't know about you, but I've got loads of questions. I think they were asking the question, will God do what he said he would do? What's going to happen? How will these walls come down? Well, it happened the way I think. Maybe back in the camp, they'd had some discussions about how God was going to do it. I wonder if they had the the question, will I be protected? You know, this, this is a fortress after all, and these are, this is a battle place, a place of battle. Will I be protected? Will the people close to me be protected? Have we got enough PPE, personal protective equipment? How long will the battle last when it starts? When will we, you know, we're asking the question, aren't we? Things like when we will physically meet again. You know, I'm sure they had the question as well, why has Joshua made worship the focus in this moment? You see, the soldiers in this moment, their job was really just to guard the worship team. I mean, imagine being a soldier. It's battle day and your job is not to execute some grand military strategy to overcome the impossible odds, but your job is to make sure the worship goes well. So many questions. I'm sure they had. And maybe that's you and maybe that's me today. You know, because there's so many people predicting the new normal. There's so many people guessing the future. And we've got so many questions. But I think like the Israelites, we've not yet got many answers. But that's okay. But it's okay because 
God's promise that the walls will fall down. And I believe God has promised us too, that we will come through this and that the walls that we've seen erected or the walls that have been revealed, they too will come down. After seven hours of marching around the city, seven hours of blowing trumpets and then a shout of victory, these walls fell. Worship was about to tear down the walls. And I want to share today the nature of their worship in that moment, because I believe that one of the keys for us to come through this season with health is to be a people who stir up our worship and our focus on God. It's our worship that brings us through in victory and worship that just goes beyond a feeling, but worship that defeats the enemy and brings breakthrough. And I think it matters because God wants us to be in health so that we will not only live well ourselves, but we'll be able to help others. So I want to consider that worship today. And I've just got three thoughts that I'd love to share with you. Here's the first, that walls fall when we listen to the right voices. Walls fall when we listen to the right voices. I've always been intrigued by the fact for six days they were to march around once a day and they had to keep quiet. And I believe that's because it's so easy to listen to the wrong voices. That it's so easy to not be still and we need to be still and we need to be calm. And I believe tonight that worship isn't just the songs we sing, but it's the voices we listen to. Because the voice you and I believe is, will determine the future we experience. <laughs> We're going to hear some things, aren't we? It's unavoidable. We're going to hear chatter. We're going to hear gossip. We're going to hear negativity. We're going to hear it. It's sometimes unavoidable. Somebody will call you. They'll just have to mention something. You'll see something maybe on a social media feed, on Facebook or Twitter or on Instagram. You're going to hear it. But choosing whether you listen is a different thing to whether you hear it. You see, you can't always shut out the voices, but you can choose not to listen. And this is so important because in so, so often in life, we have a positive vision of what we want to be. You know, so many people, we do it in January, don't we? I'm, this is the year I'm going to be slim. I'm going to be positive. I'm, I'm going to be this kind of person or I'm going to be that kind of person. We have these views of how we want to live our lives. And when we decide the kind of person we're going to be, even the kind of church that we're going to be, we're also deciding in that moment who we're not going to be. And that is so important. It's so important because there's a view in psychology that it tells us it's more powerful to decide who you are not going to be than who you are going to be. That is so important. In other words, your no, that's not me. That's not who I am. That's not what I'm listening to. Your no has to be bigger than your yes. That's so important. I got a personal story, I think, that relates to this, that for many years, I knew the kind of leader I wanted to be. I wanted to be a faith-filled leader, a giver of hope, a positive person, a leader who wasn't debilitated and thrown off course by challenges. I wanted to be a leader who would stand strong, a faithful leader, someone who would keep going. I also knew the kind of church I wanted Icon to be, a place of faith, of hope and love, a place that was full of positivity and life-giving, a life-giving community. But I have to admit, that wasn't me. 
for many years, that wasn't me. I wasn't that kind of person. I used to say that probably I was a chronic melancholic. I was fearful. I was negative. I was defeatist, just to name a few things. When I tell people this today, they don't believe me. And I have to say, well, if you don't believe me, you need to ask Jeannie. And, uh, you know, I prayed and prayed about this, but nothing changed in my life until I said, that's not me. That's not who I am. This negative, fearful, defeatist person, it's not who I am. I didn't change in a moment, you know, but, and I, I didn't change instantaneously. I can't say that that happened. But every time I felt those feelings, I would say to myself, that's not me. That's not who I am. That's not what God has called me to be, what the kind of church God has called us to be. Sometimes I would wake up afraid. I would wake up downhearted. Well, not just sometimes, lots of times. But I would have to tell myself, that's not me. Every day I would have to say it over and over to myself. That's not me. It's not who I am. And over time, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I changed. And so did our church. And I wonder if there's some trait in your life today. And you need to say, that's not me. You need to create a new voice in your world. That's not who I am. Then maybe there's some thought that comes to you over and over again. And every time you need to tear down that stronghold by saying, that's not me. That's not who I am. Because what matters most in our lives is not who I think I am or who others say I am, but how God sees me and who he says that I am. And our worship tonight is about listening to the right voices. In Mark 4 and verse 24, Jesus says this, Consider carefully what you hear. You ever notice that? Consider carefully what you hear, because with the measure you use, it will be measured to, to you. I wonder, have you ever done that? Considered carefully what you're listening to. I wonder if we could create a herd immunity in our churches, an immunity against the wrong voices where so many of us are shutting out the voices of negativity, of gossip and division, that we have just got this immunity in our churches that no matter how much of that goes on, it can't do anything to us. You see, we might and we will overhear things, but we can choose not to listen. <clears throat> it's important today for us to listen to the right voices. It's important for us today to say no to the wrong voices because walls fall when we listen to the right voices. And that was part of their worship. The second thing is that walls fall when we obey. Worship is more than just the atmosphere of God's presence. I love God's presence. I can't wait to be gathered back together in the room when it's full and we've not got social distancing. We've got all our voices and our hands are raised. And I know it now that the tears will flow, that the presence of God will be so powerful. I just know it. But worship is more than just that sense of the presence of God. Worship is including our acts of obedience. Worship includes our acts of obedience. You see, the Israelites were going to discover the importance of obedience actually in the next battle. At Jericho, at this battle, they're doing really well. They're following instructions. They're being quiet. They're walking around as instructed. They're blowing the trumpets when they're instructed. They're shouting when God says shout. And the walls fall down and they defeat a large city. And they experience a miracle. 
And I still believe, don't you, that God is a God of miracles. I still believe there are many miracles for us to know and see in this season. But next up for them after Jericho is this small city of AI or I. And it's not AI, artificial intelligence, but this small city. And they go into battle in that city and they're defeated. And their defeat comes simply because they fail to obey. You see, I believe that great moves of God, and actually history bears this out, great moves of God start usually with small steps of obedience. I, I'm just so sad that in my own life, sometimes I can become blasé, that I can become arrogant and proud, that my desires can be too strong and maybe uh, like you, I can give in to temptation. But I'm certain that even though they do so well at Jericho, the Israelites did not realize the power of simple steps and the process of obedience. The enemy is out to distract us, to intimidate us, to make us feel guilty, small. The enemy wants us to think we're not good enough, that the blessing of God is for somebody else over there at some other time. He's, he wants to convince us that there's an alternative reality that we should be living. And he does that so that we will question God's leading and that we will question God's wisdom in our lives. We often become so, so tempted to focus on what we don't have, to focus on what others have, what we wished we had. And this happens to distract us, to stop us looking around and saying, God is here. This is a holy moment. God is with us. He hasn't left us. He hasn't abandoned us. He's with us and God knows best. And God wants to remind us tonight that he is with us. Uh, you know, Joshua received a promise in chapter 1 and verse 5. Just a fascinating few chapters, the beginning of Joshua, isn't it? But look at verse 5 of chapter 1. No one, God says to Joshua, will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. God wanted Joshua to know that he was with him. And while ever Joshua walked in obedience to God, God's blessing would follow and the walls would fall by simple acts of obedience. You see, the miracle isn't our part. The miracle is God's part. And maybe right now you need a miracle. Maybe it's in a job situation, a finance situation, a health situation. Maybe you need a miracle. While the miracle isn't your part, that's God's part. But steps of obedience, that's what we do. A few weeks ago, a lady in our church was, told me this story that she got so desperate one morning. She'd been asking God to move in her life. She'd been asking God for a miracle. She runs her own business and she just needed a breakthrough. It was a really hard moment, a really hard season. And she, <clears throat> that morning was on her knees. She knows how to cry out to God. She knows how to pray. She was praying, 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 and she was calling on God. And then she stopped praying. The moment she stopped praying, the phone rang. And it's the help. It's the unexpected help that she asked for. You know, it reminds me of that promise in the scriptures that before you ask, I will answer, God says. The miracle is God's part. Obedience is our part. Just like us, they had all these questions. Just like us, they didn't really have any answers. Six days, nothing. Six days, quiet. Six days, no answer. But the key to the miracle was small steps of obedience. I know that God will work differently in all our life, 
the way that God will move in your life will be different to the way God moves in my life. The path God chooses for you will be unique, but what will be the same for all of us and what never changes is our worship and our acts of faithfulness, our steps of obedience. <clears throat> they become the keys to the breakthrough, and I've seen it time and time again. That never changes. Obedience is the kind of worship that tears down the walls. I don't know about you, but my wisdom never tore down the walls. My wisdom never brought about the miracles that I need. But I'm not going to get talked out of my miracle any longer. I'm not going to let the enemy distract me any longer. I'm not putting it off. If I can take those small steps of obedience, I believe that God can do the miracles that we're believing for. So I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready just to take those steps of following the wisdom of God because walls fall when we obey. And then the final thing tonight is that walls fall when our shout begins. I, I love this. I know we're, we're from a charismatic Pentecostal background, aren't we? So we love the shout. We love the trumpets blowing. Let me just read verses 16 and 20 from chapter six again. The seventh time around, <coughs> Joshua, can, Joshua, sorry, the seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given you the city, the city and all that is in it. And then verse 20, when the trumpet sounded, the army shouted. And at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave the loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged in, straight in, and they took the city. Walls fall when we obey. Walls fall when our shout begins. I wonder what your shout and my shout is in this season. My prayer is that we'll listen to the right voices, as I said at the beginning. My prayer is that we'll live in faithful obedience. But I also pray tonight that we will have a declaration of faith, a shout in this moment. That in this moment of lockdown, we won't let our voice be locked down. We won't let our voice be muted. We won't let our voice be silent. We'll shout, just like Joshua says, shout because the Lord has given you the city. And I love the fact that the shout begins before the walls come down. It's always that way with God, isn't it? A shout of faith, a declaration of faith before the miracle. It's easy to shout when the walls have fallen or when we see the cracks appearing. It's easy to sing when the battle is won. It's easy to rejoice when we have everything we need. But I want us to be a people who are willing to shout today, a people who will be willing to confess today, a people who will be willing to declare today the things that God has put within our hearts. Because if you have the audacity to believe, God has the ability to perform. Let me say that again. If you have the audacity to believe, God has the ability to perform. Joshua said, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. That was the shout. The Lord has given us the city. It's a declaration about what God is about to do. We've got so many questions. We've been talking about all these questions. And there's nothing wrong with having questions. But I wonder if we've got a shout as well of what God is going to do, a confession of faith. <clears throat> We're used to asking, having questions, Lord, please, will you do this? Lord, please, will you do that? We're used to asking. We're used to open, wishing, praying. But I, I believe that God wants to get us to a place of declaring, of proclaiming, 
of confessing. The Lord, Joshua says, will give us the city. I wonder what you need to say today. Maybe you need, your shout today needs to be, the Lord will provide. Maybe your shout, your declaration needs to be, God will help us find a way. Maybe you're in a situation where you think, I have no idea how we're coming through this. Well, tonight, God wants to inject a spirit of faith so that you can say, God will help us to find a way. Maybe your declaration today is what the enemy meant for evil, God is going to turn for good. <clears throat> Maybe you, our declaration together right now as we close is there's a miracle in this room or in this Zoom even. There's a miracle right here, right now for something, somebody. I think God is about to do some things way beyond your ability, beyond your reasoning, beyond what's normal. It's in situations like this that he always does. When the light shines the brightest because the darkness is the darkest. Whatever you're facing, I believe I'm here to tell you today, you're not forgotten. God is with you. God is for you. You are not abandoned. God will fight for you. There are more things possible than you've ever thought possible. <clears throat> because the only thing that's impossible for God is nothing. No thing is impossible for God. I want you to know as well that God is not limited by your or my limitations. He isn't limited by our mistakes. You might say, well, Paul, I've blown it. I've blown it so many times. Listen, God is not limited by our limitations. God isn't discouraged by our fears. God knew all about our fears, all about our fails, all about our mistakes, way before we were even born. And yet he still called us and he still chose us and he still included us and he still wants us today. And in this moment, he's going to work through us. In this moment, he's going to work in us and he's going to work through us. Let your shout, let my shout be about who God is. Let it be about what he is able to perform. Let our shout be about what God is about to do. And because walls fall when our shout begins. Let's make a choice today to boast in him. Let's make a choice today to declare what God is about to do. Walls fall when we listen to the right voices. Let's make sure we're listening to the right voices today. Walls fall when we obey, faithful obedience. And walls fall when our shout begins. I wonder as I close, I, I created a little confession based on Ephesians 3.20. And I'd just like to say that. I'd like to say it personally, but I'd like you just to respond to that personally. If we were in the room, I could get you to respond and and say it, but I wonder in your heart, if you can just hear this declaration and say, that's me, that's who I am, that's what I'm declaring today. So I'm going to close just as a declaration. And at the end, I'm just gonna say amen. And amen is an agreement. Why don't you, right where you are, in your home, in your lounge, in your bedroom, kitchen, wherever you're watching, just say amen. As, and God hears and God answers when we respond to him. So here it is, are you ready? Today, I declare that my God is able. My God is able to do far more than I can ask or imagine. He is able to save. He is able to heal. He is able to provide. I'm not listening to doubt, fear, or insecurity. That's not who I am. I am who God says that I am. I'm a worshiper. I'm a person living in faithful obedience. I'm, I'm the kind of worshiper that sees the walls come down. So I declare today in Jesus' name 
that walls will fall and all the church said amen thank you so much for allowing me to share with you this evening <laughs>